My name is Matt, I'm the lead pastor here at Coast Vineyard Church. Great having you here. Really is good to see you. Hey, we're in the middle of a series we're doing uh, called Simply Jesus. And last week we had a message that we called Jesus the Healer. And we, as we finished that message, we had a number of people come forward to get prayer for healing. And uh, it's always helpful to know. I wonder if anything happened. And so I was asking the people that... Uh, got prayed for, and some, well, some of them, and some of the ones that prayed for people. So what, what happened? And there was uh, one or two people that, uh, that had a significant uh, change in their, in their situation. So there was someone that had a, a, a back and neck issue, and that sort of went click as they were praying for it. And it's sort of like, well, that feels, feels better. So I'm not sure if it still clicked or was it unclicked again. or uh, But uh, it's still... All right, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, there's a few people, they said, well, they got, they was better, but not completely better. So that's good. That's, that's got to be better than, than, you know, half better is better than no better. And, um, and there are a few people that said, no, nope, just the same. <laughs> um, uh, I prayed for um, gentlemen and... Uh, as soon as I started praying for him, he said, uh, he said oh, the, the presence of God is just so strong. And I'm just going, like, this is going to be a good news story and God's going to do something. And, and then we prayed for the, for the back. And then I said, how's that? And he says, uh, just the same. <laughs> um, and there's other people that we heard that as they were praying, they felt just, the, I guess, the leading of God's spirit to pray some other things as well, which was actually really powerful and really helpful for them. So, so I just wanted to give a bit of feedback. So, you know, some stuff happened, miraculous stuff happened, some stuff didn't happen, and some stuff happened that we weren't expecting to happen. So, so I don't know if that's helpful or not, but there you go. It's just, that's just how, how it went last week. So, yeah, it is awesome. God's doing stuff. It's good. So today we're going to be looking at Jesus the Revolutionary. Jesus the Revolutionary. And uh, we're going to start off by talking a little bit about revolutionary. There was a movie that came out recently about, a, about someone who was trying to make a revolution happen. Black Panther. Anyone seen Black Panther? Yeah, do you like Black, Black Panther? So there was the king. So this, it's in this fictitious place called Wakanda in Africa. Fictitious place. Doesn't exist. Okay, and sorry, yes, doesn't exist. Um, and the king T'Challa was, his kingdom was being threatened, was under threat. Anyway, um, what, you heard of Jimmy Kimmel? Like, he went out into this, he got someone to go out in the streets and interview people and asked them how they felt about what was happening in Wakanda. Have a look. Is it time to bring the U.S. troops home from Wakanda? Um, I, I think we need a strong presence there. Um, I definitely support our troops, so if they're in Wakanda, I think they should, you know, they have a reason to be there. Should we be involved in Wakanda right now? No, I think we should resolve our own problems first especially what's going on in the government. What are people saying about the crisis in Wakanda? 
they saying like it's like a big catastrophe, like it's a lot of bad things happening over there. Should Wakanda be forced to share their vibranium? Um, no. Why? It's theirs, it belongs to their country. Without vibranium, we can't power fidget spinners or golf carts. Okay. I'd say we need to find another way of doing that. What is your opinion of the Twitter war going on between President Trump and King T'Challa of Wakanda? My opinion is, uh, I think it's good. Because uh, in this state, you know, bad publicity is good publicity for some people. So long as people are watching, long as people are tuning in, you know what I'm saying? Somebody's getting paid somewhere. We're just all human beings, so we can't judge each other. Or panthers. Yes. Or panthers. Yes, or anything. We're all humans. Except for panthers. Yes, for panthers. panthers. You think if somebody made a movie about what's happening in Wakanda right now, it would be popular? Or people just don't want to see that? People don't want to see it. Yeah, I don't think so. Wow, that's, that's wonderful. All right, that's one, one kind of revolution. Okay. So that's pretty interesting. Just a word of advice, if anyone ever puts a microphone in your face, just run, okay? Just, just get out of there. Just go just as far away as you can. So. But we're talking about a real revolutionary today, Jesus. And a lot of people think, like, well, was, was he a revolutionary? And a lot of people think of Jesus as just gentle and really nice. And they think that revolutionaries are like angry, gun-toting people. And, uh, but Jesus' revolution was different. It was a revolution of love. A revolution of love. And he just he taught us and he showed us radical love. And then he, he said, this is what God is like. Look at me, because that is what God is like. What I've shown you, what I've taught you, that is what God is like. And then he invited us to join in. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. I'd just love to pray for us as we, uh, as we get rolling. God, as always, we just want to be drawn to the things that are good and that are, are from you. God, drawn to the things of your kingdom. God, we want you to pull our hearts towards those things that, that are right and true, what we're made for. So as we look at this whole thing of this revolution of love this morning, I pray that you would soften our hearts, open our hearts, stir our hearts, draw our hearts, God, more and more to you and all that you have for us and all that you're calling us towards. Pray for just an increase in just the, the presence of your spirit and the work and activity of the spirit, God, in our heads and hearts this morning. Amen. So have you ever thought about, like, what is a revolutionary? I mean, a revolutionary is someone, pretty easy, a revolutionary is someone who starts a revolution. So then you've got to ask the question, well, what's a revolution? Well, in a, in a political sense, it's someone that will come in and basically overthrow the, the government, overthrow the authorities that are leading a country to bring in a new system that they believe is better. And uh, some people that have done that, they always believe it's going to be better, and sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Um, but if, it's, if we're not talking about a revolution in a country, then the word, a, a revolution is, is when drastic and significant change 
comes in to, to the whole, I guess, social order of a place. Drastic and uh, far-reaching changes in our society. So what is this revolution that Jesus started? It's a revolution of love. The, if you read about the time now, 2,000 years ago in the Middle East and probably most of the, the, the civilized world, it was um, run by the Romans. The Roman Empire had, ex- had just taken over pretty much the whole of the known world. And they were in charge. They were calling the shots. They were making sure that their way was been what everyone was doing. And if anyone that got in the way, they were in big trouble. And people were killed by, because they were opposing the, if they opposed the Roman uh, government, the Roman rule that was there. And it was a time, they call it, they refer to that time as the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. It was because it was, there wasn't a lot of wars going on, but there wasn't a lot of wars because any time anyone poked their head up with a little bit of a different opinion, then they were just like, gone. So it's funny how they sort of talked about it as this peaceful time in the world, but it was only peace by, by brute force. And Jesus, at that time, he steps, in, he, he steps into this world, born, born into this world, son of God. And, and he comes with a very, very different message. Even the, the, the God's people at that time were, had drifted into this place of just self, being self-interested and selfish, self-promoting, self-protecting. And again, this is, this is when Jesus comes in and he steps in with this message of love. And he kind of turned everything upside down. And yet, when you look at it, actually, the world had sort of drifted to becoming upside down, and he was just coming and turning it back the right way up again. This is the way it's meant to be, he was saying. This is the way it's meant to be. It was all about love. Listen to this from uh, a quote from, uh, from Tom Wright. Now, I know we quote from this guy a little bit. He's a great great uh, theologian, thinker, pastor, uh, and he writes books, and sometimes he says his name is N.T. Wright, and sometimes he says his name is Tom Wright, and someone said to me, it's like, isn't it funny we've got these two guys that are, they've got the same surname, that, but it's the same guy. Okay, so but listen to this. Jesus didn't come to teach a new ethic, nor did he come to show us how to keep God's law, or for that matter, to warn us that we couldn't do so, even if we tried. So we'd better come to him for forgiveness. Jesus came, in fact, to launch God's new creation and with it a new way of being human. Human beings were called at last to rediscover what they had been made for. And it's all about love. We're made to be a people of love. So how do we love? Like, let me just, I'll just talk about that for the next 20 minutes. We'll get it all worked out, okay? How's that sound? Yeah. Well, one of the ways, love is such a big thing. You know, we could talk about it for the rest of our lives and still have plenty more to talk about. But one of the ways Jesus invited us to love is by the golden rule. Who's heard of the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do to you. And when you say it, it sounds like, oh, that sounds great. Do to others as you have them do to you. And it's really, really easy right up until you start trying to do it. What would you like other people to do for you? Like mow your lawns? 
Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, buy your lunch. Well, how about this? Would you like someone to like give you a break? So I'll, I'll cook tonight. So I, that's what I often say. I often say, I'll cook tonight. Well, it's, it's kind of, it's a combo thing. It's me and my friend at the tied up takeaways. We do a kind of a team effort. So. And um, would you like people to do this for you? Would you like people to believe the best about you? when you're having a bad day. I can remember once when, um, it was a few years ago now, and one of my daughters decided to chug back a bottle of Pamol, you know, just, and so like, I'm like thinking, I don't think that's probably good for you. Like, I might just take you to the hospital and uh, in a hurry, and got in the car, and I was driving like flat out to the, you know, to the emergency room, and, um, and there was this guy that was out, and I can remember, in the middle of the road, sort of like trying to stop traffic because there's a truck backing out. I just, like, I'm just thinking, like, I'm not stopping for any, I'm not stopping for traffic lights, policemen. I'm just like, I'm getting to the hospital, and I just like swerved right around this guy in the middle of the road, and he, and then I could see in the rear vision where he's giving me some, some uh, sign language, and um, and it's just because like, I mean, when you're thinking, like, gosh, like, this is. If you only knew, you'd understand. And, uh, and how often do we often think like that? We just wish that like, people would go like, if only you knew, you'd understand. And, but then what if we did that to others in the same way that we'd like them to do that to us? It's love. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it just be, be so good? And Jesus is saying, hey, join the revolution. Let's, do, let's live like that. Let's live doing things for others that we would want them to do for us. Believing the best, helping them out. Wanting the best for them, but then actually doing something to help make that happen. Revolution. All you need is love, he says. Let me teach you, let me show you. And look, I tell you, it wasn't always, love is not always nice. You don't ever want to get those two things mixed up. Like, nice is just nice, but love is not always nice. Jesus said things that got people angry. He said things that offended people. And love often looked like hard words that were needed to shake people out of complacency or out of their selfishness. Love sometimes meant hanging out with the outcasts. Love sometimes looked like stepping in to rescue those people that couldn't rescue themselves, couldn't defend themselves. Love was doing the best for a person even if it clashed with religious traditions. So because of this, Jesus became an enemy of many people. And uh, ended up being executed because people couldn't handle the fact that he was making such big changes to the to the way things were, and he was put to death by the Romans who were occupying Israel at that time. But everything he did flowed from love. Everything he did flowed from love. 
I'm going to get you to help me out here a little bit. Tell me what are some of the ways that you can think of where Jesus' love was revolutionary. Just shout them out. Talking to a woman and someone else did something. Was it the same thing? Same thing, yes. Talking to a woman. Tipping over the tables and the stalls in the temple. Yes. That, that got him offside with a few people. Talking to women got him offside with a few people. Hanging out with the lepers, hanging out with tax collectors. They are different. Uh, what's that? Embracing the children. It just wasn't done back then. All of these things, just like, people are like, what are you doing? Healing on the Sabbath. Yes. Very naughty. Sad. Giving it to the Pharisees. So... <laughs> So the Pharisees were a group of the, uh, the religious leaders of Israel, you know, God's chosen people. They were a group that, uh, and they thought, them, they thought quite highly of themselves. Some, not all of them, some of them were, had lovely hearts and were very soft-hearted towards God. Some of them were very self-interested, and those are the ones that Jesus particularly gave it to. Yeah. And got them offside with them as well. Anything else? Talking to non-Jews, yes. There's another one up here. Loving the person despite the sin, yes. Revolution of love. Some of the things when he talked about, uh, if you want to be someone of love, he says, you know, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. He said, anyone who wants to lead must become a servant to all. Turning everything upside down. He said, you have to lose your life to gain it. He talked about turning the other cheek, which again is a whole message in itself. Of, uh, but the, one of the big things that he, he was calling people to was this thing of self-sacrifice. Love is self-sacrificial. Matthew 20, verse 28, Jesus said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. John 15, 12, Jesus again, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. What is your life? You ever thought through profound questions? What is your life? I'll, I'll give a description. You'll probably have another, a lot of better descriptions. But a way of looking at your life is your time, your energy and your resources. That's kind of okay eh? as, a, as one way of looking at life. Your time and your energy and your resources. That sound all right? So we'll go with that for now. So we sort of read that. We're thinking about laying down your life. Is that I'm going to, I'm going to die for someone. Like actually die for someone. But laying down your life is just choosing like what you do with your time and your energy and your resources. And Jesus says, why don't you give them away? Why don't you give them away? Now, I'll always, there's always people that are on different sides of the fence with some things in terms of their personality type. Like some people, uh, they just have this heart that is just always just wanting to give. 
And there's some people that have this heart of like, I want to save. That's a kind way of saying, like, I don't want to give anything away. Uh, so, and for people that are on the side of the fence that or have a heart to give, it's important that you do, you do have wisdom. You have people that can give you some guidance and wisdom around that because it's not always the right thing to do is to just completely give everything away. Life's complicated and there's wisdom around that. So I just wanted to, to add that in there. But Jesus is saying is like laying down your life for another is giving time instead of just for, for your own things is for the benefit of someone else. Giving some of your, your strength and your energy to, to someone else giving some of your resources, your assets, your, you know, your finances to help another people. It's a self-sacrifice, and this is revolutionary. There was, there's a guy called Rodney Stark, a bit of, Rodney Stark. He wrote a book, The Rise of Christianity. And the question that the book is really answering is like, how did this ragtag bunch of people from the backwaters of the Middle East go from being just no one's ever heard of you to four centuries later, Christianity becoming the official religion of the entire Roman Empire. Like, how did that happen? And he talks about a number of things, but one of them is this. Like, for example, there's a plague that hits Turkey in the second century. What did the doctors do? They grabbed their kids and they ran. They ran. What did the Christians do? They stayed. They stayed and they cared for their family, their friends, and they cared for strangers. And you know what? A lot of them caught the plague and died. And people just looking at it and it's going, what is it about your Jesus that would give you a heart to love so much? And you know what? Is that Christians have been doing that ever since. You go into the places now, the tough places around the world now, you know, where there's like there's famines, there's there's you know aftermaths of earthquakes, there's uh, aftermaths of uh, of war, or even in the midst of like war zones or civil war, or uh, it, you go to those places all around the world, and what do you find there? You find the Christians, Christian doctors, Christian nurses, Christian teachers, Christian aid workers, uh, Christian counselors, Christian engineers. Just to throw that in there because you know a few a few engineers are good people too. Um, they're there. I think I saw her earlier, but did you know that Ali Levy, who's part of this church here, she was a missionary in Timbuktu because she's just the love of God, just wanting to like reach out to people. I remember as a, uh, I'd gone to church all my life, but it was kind of more this thing that initially it was this thing I had to do and then it became this thing that I went to because my friends were there and eventually I just 
got to know God and, and actually gave my life completely to God. But that was probably when I was about 17 or 18. And I remember around that time, there was this guy that had come to faith and out of a pretty rough uh, background, um, you know, left school real early, just surfed all day, every day, you know, drugs, just, uh, and surfing's okay, drugs not so okay. Uh, and, um, and he came to faith just radically, just met God in a radical way. And he just like, he just got it like straight away in terms of this heart that God had showed to him that he needed to have the same heart for other people. And there was this guy, and he started coming along to our church, and, and uh, there was a guy in, this, uh, in our church that was, um, uh, just had some, you know, some mental challenges. And, uh, and he kind of, so he came to church, and he always smelt funny, and um, was always just a bit uncomfortable being around. And this, this guy that just, you know, had come to faith and found God, just started just loving on this guy. And, and I'm looking at this and going like, that's, that's Jesus. That's what Jesus would do. And I just remember thinking, I've got to, that's, that's the call to my life, that I've got to be someone that looks at everyone with a heart of love and embraces them. So I started like connecting with this, this guy as well. And, and like I say, he, he smelled a bit funny. And, um, and um, back then I had a... Uh, had a Volkswagen Beetle as my first car. And I don't know if you've ever driven in a Volkswagen Beetle, they don't have seatbelts that kind of click together. They have these seatbelts that you kind of got to feed one thing through another thing and then it's just like, takes a while to kind of get the hang of it. I don't know why they did it like that. Um, but so people would get in my car and they just wouldn't work it out and they'd, you know. So anyway, this guy, you know, I'd pick them up at one stage and, and uh, we'd drive. I remember going around a roundabout out at West Auckland so not only had he not clicked his seatbelt, and he also hadn't shut his door probably. I'm going around this roundabout, and um, I'm just sort of glancing out the corner of my eye, and he's like half out the door. Like, he's like, and I'm just like one hand on the steering wheel, just kind of grabbing him and just uh, you know, driving around, and then uh, got him back in the car. And, um, yeah, we had some adventures. And, uh, but the, the thing was is that it just, this was... This was being Jesus, you know, and I just saw that so early on and just thought, like, yes, this is how we're, meant, we're called to live our lives, is to be loving the unlovely, unloving, loving the unlovely, unlovable. And, um, and I've tried to do that my whole life. And the thing is, like, if I, if I ask people, you guys, to come up, now, you know, and just say, like, just tell us something that you've done this week where you have shown God's love to people. Like, we'd be here, we'd be here well into the afternoon because you're Jesus' people. I, I just see that and hear that all the time because you're Jesus' people. And this, and I just, I just love that you've caught hold of the revolution. So it gets more full on. Okay? Gets more full on. Listen to this. Jesus, the revolutionary, says, love people who do bad things to you. He says, love your enemies. Oh, wow. Wow. 
and the Middle East, it kind of still is in many ways, but it's always been this revenge culture. It's like a revenge culture. It's like you scratch my skateboard, I'm going to run over your bike. Like you run over my bike, I'm going to smash your car. Like you smash my car, I'm going to burn your house down. And like seriously, that's, that's in the Middle East, it's kind of the culture that in many ways it still is the way that people do things out there. And um, so in, with the law that was given to God's people, the Israelites, that was like, that was like a big step up. Because like they were given like, no, 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 let's not do the revenge culture thing. Let's do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Okay, so you smash my bike, I get your bike. So it's just an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So that was already like progress. But then Jesus comes along and he says, no, hang on. We're going to take this up a whole another level now. Let me show you God's heart. Luke 6, 27, he says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. A lot easier to read it than to find yourself in a situation where you have someone that hates you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Lend to your enemies without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Revolutionary. Many of you will have heard of Martin Luther King, the black rights activist and pastor. And he said this, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. We never get rid of an enemy by meeting hate with hate. We get rid of an enemy by getting rid of enmity. By its very nature, love creates and builds up. Love transforms with redemptive power. Wow. But what do we do with this? I may have told this story before, but I can remember a few years back and I was reading this uh, the scripture that said, uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I was thinking, do I have any enemies? I'm a pretty friendly guy. Most people, you know, get along with me pretty well. And do I have any enemies? I'm like, oh, I don't think so. And I says, but there was this one guy that did this thing once, and it's not really an enemy, but it's just it's really hard and it really kind of hurts. And so maybe I'll just choose him. And um, so I was say, oh, so to, to pray, pray for them. And um, I thought, so I just have to pray blessing on them. I thought, like, and as soon as I thought that, I thought, I don't want God to bless them. I'm like, oh no, there's something dark in my heart. Like, I don't, I really don't want God to bless this person because of the hurt that's still here from what he did. Oh no. Like, and just started me on this journey of just really um, praying through that and just asking God just to soften my heart and to change my heart. So it got to the point where I 
was ready to go and uh, and talk with this guy and um, and really with me going was just to uh, ask his forgiveness for me holding this thing against him and part of me was hoping that he would you know ask do the same towards me but he didn't um, but I knew that my I'd got my heart straight you know I got my heart straight but what do we do with this what if how about this? What if we were generous to the person that is mean to us? What if we did that? Okay, so think of your annoying person. Now, you've been straight there, didn't you? You know, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Think of your annoying person. You know, maybe it's that odd guy at work, or maybe it's your neighbour. Maybe it's that child. You know, you know the one. <laughs> What if, what if you just decided to stop and like, write them a card and just say something that you appreciate about them or that you've seen or that you wanted to compliment them on? Well, that's something we could do, eh? What about when someone steals your car park at the mall? Oh, it's getting a bit closer now, eh? How about this? You get out, you just stop your car right there, you get out, you stride over to the knock on their window, and you go, that was a great move. I really, really, really admire the way that you just nipped in there. Like, uh, I was just, oh man, I just so appreciated the skill and the speed. And, and then you go, just something for you today. <laughs> Have a great day. I don't know what it looks like for you, but imagine taking the annoyance of something that happens when someone does something and turning it around with, and bring some love into it. You know, the Jesus way of revolution was not to gather an army and storm the heights and shoot the leaders and take the city. He rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. Not a racehorse, not an Arabian horse. He's just on a donkey. And went knowing that what God had for him was a journey towards him being killed by the authorities and of the time and 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 he did that willingly because he knew that through that we could know God's sacrificial love for us. That we could know victory over death and victory over the fear of death. That we could know that we have can be with God for eternity. He did it to rescue us from the bondage of, of Satan, of the enemy. He did it so that we could know the forgiveness of sins and be freed from the guilt and shame. You know, and he, and he invites us to join the revolution. And uh, my question for you guys this morning is that will you sign up? Will you sign up to join the revolution? 
thinking, well, what does that mean? Well, well, it means choosing to be a people of love. At work, at uni, at school, at home. And Mother Teresa, who was the who ran the Sisters of Mercy in, in Calcutta, which was an organization that just cared for the dying, cared for the dying people. And she says this, she says, Calcuttas are everywhere if only we have eyes to see. Find your Calcutta. And I can't help but think that God's orchestrated the whole uh, series here so that we're doing this message on the day when our wired kids uh, are in here. You know, these are the 11 to 14-year-olds. Because for some of you guys, I know that you're scattered all around here, but for some of you, like, God's going to be planting seeds in you today that you're going to step into things in the future that's going to change the world through this revolution of love that, uh, that Jesus is inviting you into. Like, seriously, you just think, like, I'm just a kid. Well, yeah, but, like, you won't always be a kid. I used to be a kid. <laughs> Look what happened. God's going to, like, lead you into things, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna see things and think, like, I need to do something. I need to do something. Change the world. There's a guy called Shane Claiborne who's... Um, wrote a book called The Irresistible Revolution, Living as an Ordinary Radical. I'd seriously encourage you to read anything by Shane Claiborne. Um, he'll stir your heart. He'll, he'll get, you, get you fired up to, to make a difference, to be Jesus' people in the world. And uh, he says this, If you have the gift of frustration and the deep sense that the world is a mess, thank God for that. Not everyone has that gift of vision but it also means that you have a responsibility to lead us in new ways. So young people, are you a revolutionary? Do you want to be a revolutionary? Older people, are you a revolutionary? You know what? I met with, a lot of you guys know, know Louis. He's just down. Give us a wave, Louis. We, we, met, we met this week. And you know what? Louis was talking about how frustrated she is at the moment because there's so many things that are getting in the way of her doing things that make a difference and, and, uh, and being able to show God's love to people in ways that she has done in years gone by. I mean, that's the heart of, that's, that's the Jesus heart, isn't it? You know, just so, so cool. Just the heart of, you know, I'm getting a bit older, but I still just want to, I want to change the world, you know. I want to do something that makes a difference. Love it. So we've got to work out, are we going to be people that step into our world, step into our, you know, the brokenness of our world, sometimes the darkness of our world, sometimes the, uh, just the tough things that we find surrounding our, um, our lives. Are we going to be people that step into those things and just bring God's love in some way, whether it's through words or actions, yeah, Mother Teresa again says it's not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. That's worth saying again. We can do small things with great love. So 
Like, I've already signed up, but I would love us to be a church that joins the love revolution, the Jesus love revolution. Let me finish with this, and then we'll um, we'll love to to pray, see what God will want to do with us. Uh, And again, this is from Shane Claiborne again. Christianity can be built around isolating ourselves from evildoers and sinners, creating a community of religious piety and moral purity. That's the Christianity I grew up with. Christianity can also be built around joining with the broken sinners and evildoers of our world, crying out to God, groaning for grace. That's the Christianity I have fallen in love with.